You are listening to the Mythical Jesus Podcast, taking the Christ of faith seriously. A podcast that dives into faith development, cognitive development, using Jesus as the framework for that. We dive deep into the Jesus of the New Testament, showing him as the preeminent example of development and what that development looks like. Buckle your seatbelts. Sit back, enjoy the ride. This is going to be a lot of fun because diving into the Jesus narrative has never been done like this before. You can visit our website at christoffaith.org. On the site, you will find tools, resources, documents to help you in your faith development and to better understand Jesus, the teacher, and his role in that. And now, on to what you've been waiting to hear. Come thou fount of every blessing. Back again in this episode, we're going to turn to Mark chapter 1, specifically verse 41, but let's start with verse 40. Again, this is just after Jesus went out into a solitary environment. He's contemplating, he's meditating, and then he has this awareness that he can't stay put. He's got to go teach other people. And so verse 39 even says that he traveled through the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. In verse 40, a man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. Quote, if you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he said. So picture for a moment, you've got Jesus traveling around, he's got this ability to teach with wisdom, but specifically people are noticing this guy can heal. This guy can make things that have plagued me go away. And I'm picturing this man with leprosy making his way to this Jesus of Nazareth, this Yahshua bar Yosef, Jesus son of Joseph. And this man with leprosy just collapsing to his knees, kneeling in front of Jesus, begging with his hands, just you know, shaking with, with a pleading excitement. If you are willing, willing, you can heal me and make me clean, he implores. And verse 41 tells us, moved with compassion. Moved with compassion, Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing, be healed. Now, You and I, at least not knowingly, we don't walk around with the ability to heal heal whoever we will to be healed. Like we recognize that while the New Testament and Old Testament to some extent as well, speak of this ability that in the here and now, while there are folks who claim to be healers and folks who claim to be healed, At the very least, I think we all recognize that we can't heal everyone we will to be healed. But Jesus moved with compassion. That part we can have. We can develop and hold space for the gift of compassion. Out of this compassion that Jesus has, he reaches out and touches this man. I am willing to be healed. We also can be willing And so those are two things that we do have control over, at least to some extent. Now, the man gets healed, he disappears, he leaves. And Jesus sends him with a warning not to tell anyone about this. And we'll get to that in a moment. But I want to talk about compassion for a second, and then we'll connect the dots to why why Jesus 
is saying this don't go tell anyone so one of the things that happens as you grow as you develop as you become more aware as you separate that awareness from your ego you'll you'll develop compassion you'll begin to see human beings as human beings you won't be so concerned with which tribe they belong to and whether they're in your tribe or they're not instead you'll see human beings and you'll have compassion on them now i come from a religious paradigm that was very negative and very trauma causing very hurtful very damaging to those of the lgbt community and i was raised in that and my religion taught me when i joined as a 17 year old throughout my time in this high demand fundamentalist religion and and obviously you're picking up on the fact that i'm not going to mention it specifically because i don't want this podcast to be about any one religion but to be about general concepts. And so maybe your religion isn't nice to those who are LGBT. Maybe your religion is great, but can you put yourself in the shoes of one who grows up in a religion that isn't so great, that isn't so nice? That's teachings are such that you are raised to believe that these people being gay, that it's their choice, they're choosing to do this, and how wicked it is. And so throughout my young adult years, I'm very much holding the ground of my tribe. As I'm holding that ground, I'm in allegiance. I'm in loyalty with my tribe. These authorities know the answers, and hence I know the answers. Because I just repeat what my authorities, who are trusted by God, who speak the mind and will of him, who speak with his voice, have taught me. And then one day I'm in my late 20s and it's like there's this new thought, this thought that's just sitting there out there in the ether and somehow I just finally grab a hold of it and examine it and look at it. And this new thought is that this is not a choice. These are human beings having a human experience and they simply are different than me. And I thought like, wait a minute, let me put myself in their shoes let me try to see their life through their eyes and not through the eyes of my religious authorities and the moment like instantaneously the moment i allowed myself to do that i developed compassion for those folks i saw that they were human just like me that i am them and they are me but we're simply having a different experience. We were simply born with different gifts. We were simply born with a different makeup. But there was nothing defective. There was nothing wrong. There was nothing wicked or sinful about who they were any more than there was anything wicked or sinful or wrong with me being a heterosexual. And so for the first time, I'm extending this compassion. And by compassion, I mean like empathy understanding, love, value, and validating, not tolerance. Often in religious paradigms, we use the word tolerance, like we need to tolerate people better. Tolerate is the opposite of compassion. Tolerate still assumes there's a hierarchical relationship between you and me. Tolerance still 
imposes that one of us is right and the other one's wrong and we're simply putting up with each other. Tolerance is not compassion. Tolerance is not Christ. Christ is compassion, understanding, empathy, validation, value, kindness, love. When we tolerate someone, we love them out of duty. When we have compassion, we love somebody simply because it's the ground that we hold and the space that we're holding. We love simply because it's there. It's just within ourselves to love them. Tolerance says, my group knows they're wrong, but I'm going to put up with them and I'm going to allow them to be in my space and I'm going to choose to love them out of hopes that I can bring them over to my side or show them how nice I am. Do you see the ground where those two come from? Jesus is always operating out of compassion. I, and we can go through this. We may, we may see moments where we're like, wait a minute, that looks like tolerance. And let's talk about that if we get to those points. Compassion is a spiritual gift. Often when we are in ethnocentricity, we value the members of our tribe over others. We perform service to be seen and to be rewarded. We often are able to bring out sympathy within ourselves, but rarely empathy. True compassion comes from a deeper place. It values rather than tolerates. It understands rather than criticize. It is empathy rather than sympathy. It moves from a place of love rather than duty and reward. Jesus is an incredible example of love and what one will do when one acts out of that ground. And it's not that you can fake it. If you're faking it, you're tolerating. My hope is that each of us have grown, are growing, or will grow into just holding that ground. Again, Jesus is an incredible example of love and what one will do when one acts out of that space they hold. When one is love-bound rather than duty-bound, that is when relationships begin to be truly authentic and we are willing to be vulnerable. So moving from there, just a little note of scholarship here. If we turn to verse 44, again, this is Jesus has just healed the leper and his words in the book of Mark to this guy who was just healed. Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest, let him examine you, take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. So Jesus recognizes the rules within the Jewish law, within the Torah, within the accepted culture to praise God for this healing having taken place. But Jesus doesn't want himself mentioned at all. Like, don't, don't give me any credit. Don't mention me. Don't talk about me. Leave me out of this. I simply want to make a, a, a scholarly note here. We've talked about the fact that Mark is the earliest of the four Gospels written. And if, if you're willing, if you're willing to grant a space to examine those four Gospels as having their own agendas and their own biases... Like, I hope you can come to that space and look at those books that way. But you'll notice that Mark, uh, again, being the earliest, is very concerned 
Jesus, they, it, the book has Jesus very concerned with not revealing himself, with not sharing with people who he is, not sharing with people the things he does, the miracles he performs. He, he doesn't want the credit. He wants to be able to remain um, unknown as long as possible. He wants to not be a big deal. You're going to find that as we move into Matthew and Luke, that shifts a little bit. But you're going to notice by the time we get to John, John has Jesus announcing at every possible moment, starting from the very beginning, that I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the Savior. I am the Messiah. I am he who is prophesied to come. Again, we were raised with a religious paradigm of making these four Gospels mesh, and our religious institutions slammed these four Gospels together in a way that convinced us that that was the case. And I'm hoping that as we move forward, you're willing to take a step back and say, I wonder if Mr. Real here is saying something true. And can I look at each of these books separately and see how they portray Jesus differently? And if you're willing to do that, I think you're going to see some interesting thing, things happen. And I think there's still gigantic value in each of these Gospels as we look at the way they portray Jesus but also recognizing that each one of these authors feels a need, a nudge to portray Jesus a certain way and that we can be open to learning from them. You are listening to the Mythical Jesus podcast. Check us out on christoffaith.org. Here we take the Christ of faith seriously. Until next time. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing